0: About the power of art and creativity. Michael McGrooch, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hi. It's a pleasure to have you. You're joining us from Laguna Beach. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about the power of art and creativity in organizations, in leadership, in teams. Okay. And I'm really excited to explore this topic with you. As we get started, I wanted to share Michael's bio with everybody. Michael McGrooch is a multimedia artist, educator, author of five art-related books, creator of the bi-weekly 30-second podcast, The Smart of Art the power of art and creativity, where he introduces conversations about this limitless power. He is a passionate creativity and art researcher that looks for art and creativity's true values for humans outside of any system. And I really look forward to this conversation. Michael, anything else you would like to add about yourself, your background, your personal oh, context before we dive on in?
1: Uh, it's silly yeah, if I, I hope I, you did all this perfectly because it's just uh, what I wrote. Um, uh, the um, what I am actually my my best. I'm an artist since I'm a young young kid, you know, and I couldn't do anything else but art, and I couldn't fit into systems or or anything. So I I've basically I'm totally self taught, but I was always put into leadership position because I don't know if my birth or whatever. And what actually the the the, the the best definition, which you know, language is so limited. The best definition of what what I am is an, a creativity awareness educator. So I'm making people and your guests and and you know aware of things. I don't tell them what to do. I don't tell them steps. I don't tell them, you know, you got to do this first and then that. I just plant seeds, and the people take the seeds. Or discard the seeds. And I trust that people will nurture the seeds if they like them by themselves in their way, because there's 8 billion people on this earth. Everybody has a different DNA. Everybody has a different uh, uh, fingerprint. And we need to find our uniqueness. There's a reason when you look at this, there's a reason why they all 8 billion people are different. And I believe it is in, because we are inclusive. We are herd, social earth, herd herd animal. And I believe that you and I can do more together than I, myself, or you yourself. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't see people as enemies. I see people as an expansion of me. And, um, and I saw that very much in leadership too, in team, team uh, building the same way. so, As a leader, my definition as a leader is, and I worked, you know, primarily in hospitality, but, you know, once you have hospitality, it's pretty much the hardest leadership you can do because it's dependent on humans and uh, more on humans than any other job uh, at other company. So uh, I found that a leader is a part of a team, has nothing to do with hierarchy. He's a part of a team. He needs to be the most self aware person. And he needs to, all his job in the team is to balance the team so the team is in balance and harmony. Then they can create, create the maximum output. If you're looking for output, never talk down to people, never delegate, communicate, communicate with people. Be a part of a team where people can come to you and talk to you as a human. Hey, I need help. I need this and that. And by, by you establishing a report like that, you keep harmonizing the team. And the team, and that's the funny thing now, and I think this gives us, this opens all kinds of words. Then the customer, client, guest, finds fulfillment. And when he finds fulfillment, which is the human side of success, he feels like a the king. The, the, the customer is not always right. I'm, I'm I totally against it. I, I, I take anybody thinks that the customer is right and the customer is king. I take offense by that. Most customers, guests, and think don't even know what they really want till they see what they have. And because it's so artificially dumped on them, you know, we got to do this, 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 and the three steps, he feels not fulfilled. And he feels uncomfortable. And in that uncomfortableness, uh, he's, you know, a root customer, a root guest, uh, a satisfactory uh, uh, client of yours.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot there uh, yeah. that you just shared around leadership and teams, which is interesting. And I think we can unpack a little bit. Uh, let's back up just a step Go ahead. and y- your, um, you know, your background in art and uh, multimedia art and Creativity and all of this uh, from your youngest years has informed Mm -hmm. your approach to teams, your approach to leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, I I wonder if we could start by just talking about the power of art and creativity. How do you define those terms? You know, a lot of people um, in organizations, you know, if you're an artist or a musician or, you know, people in those fields will say, yeah, I'm an artist. Or I'm creative, but a lot of people who are in, you know, white collar jobs wouldn't necessarily think of themselves as creative, they wouldn't mm-hmm. think about what they do as art, uh, or, or creative expression, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um So how do you define art and creativity and how and then we can apply that into the workplace.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, everybody is an artist everybody's an artist, has that in you. It's like if they tell us tomorrow we can run a a marathon, we probably say, no, we can't. But if we train for it, we do. It's like a muscle, uh, creativity and art is a muscle. It's like when you did your podcast, you had an intuition of making a podcast, an inspiration, right, that came to you because otherwise everybody would do a podcast. But you had a podcast, you had that thing, and then you talked to that non-physical Entity or whatever you are. I'm not saying I'm not. This is not a spiritual podcast. I'm. Ta- you're talking to your non-physical self when you sleep. You're in your non-physical. You're not aware that you're physical. So you you talk into that that voice or that part of you. I think it's a part of you. And then you you tweak it. You you think you have a car podcast, and then you find out. Oh my God! I had I should do baby toys. That's actually what I really want to do. And you find that out and but you thought cars is easier uh, it's systemic it says it has more uh, viewers and whatever and then for some reason it happens that you get into the baby toy stuff and all of a sudden you you're blowing up because you're tweaking what you get in and you get more and more of who you are and and that's why the the creation of art is not about the product it's about the process as i just explained it's it's the that's why the power is, and people just look at art as the product. Obviously, you can't run a marathon tomorrow, but you can get there, and it's not about. And so, and really, the marathon at the end, the medal is very little. It's it's like an Olympic medal, you know, that you get, but it's the journey. The journey is where the power is, where you find yourself, where you get self esteem. Because I can say you have the worst podcast, or you have the absolute best podcast. But I can say both those things, right? But I can't take away from you that you created it. Do you, get, do you get the feeling for the power? I cannot take that you created your podcast. I can judge it and say it's horrible, or it's the greatest ever. The greatest podcast ever, John, your, your podcast is the greatest thing ever. But I cannot take, and you can actually take that or, or say, oh, he's stupid. He doesn't know, you know? So I cannot take that, and that's the power of creativity. Whatever you're building a company, you're building a business, a service, the creation process, and that's why I said we need to lean in and milk the moment of creation and not worry about, i got to get to satisfy the customers. They cannot be satisfied if you're not satisfied because you're transferring your dissatisfaction, your fear of failure, all these things onto the customer and it doesn't matter how good it looks systemically if if we are still in a human business systems cannot be cannot are irrelevant without humans and we forget we are in a human system
0: yeah yeah and I really like how you describe you know from your perspective, everyone's an artist, yeah. everyone has the capacity for creativity, yeah. and I agree um now, I am not like i if if we talk about art um the type of art that you do um yeah. I'm not good at that type of art uh, I did it when I was younger and I went through school sure. and I took art classes and I always enjoyed them mm. and it was fun to be creative. I wasn't. You know, what most people outside Mm -hmm. lookers would look at and say, ooh, that's good art. And over time, I did other things. Um, But I've always been a singer. I always uh, like to express myself through music. Um, So that certainly is a creative outlet for me. Um, But I also, like you said, this podcast is one example. I do, I don't know, 20 different things that are all creative outlets for me. Um, that, you know, maybe someone wouldn't on the, uh, on the outset think, oh, that's a really artistic thing. Um, But the reality is we all have the capacity to be creative, to exercise that muscle of creativity and to innovate. And we all can be artists in our own way, in our own unique way, building on our talents. Uh, And each team needs creatives. Each team needs people who bring that um, to the table. I also like how you described, you know, as you were, as you were saying it, it really reminded me of design thinking, the iterative design thinking process. Um, so if I, whether I'm, I'm developing a product or service, I'm creating some new, uh, creative, um, uh, you know, product like a podcast or videos or whatever. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's an iterative process. I mean, most people don't get into that and just say, I have an idea, I'm going to do it. And then they do it. And then they're done. Like most people it's it's, there's a back and forth. There's an ebb and flow. There's feedback from, from those who are um, consuming the, the materials Uh, you, you think through it, you, you, you sit with it, you resonate with it and then you refine it yourself as well. Uh, It's, it's, it's it's an iterative process. And I can certainly think as I, you know, think back to the about three years that I've been doing this podcast. And I think back to the early days, um, I think I did a pretty good job in those early days, especially as a young kind of novice podcaster, but, uh, I, I did pretty well, but there's tons of things I do differently now and I've refined it over time. Uh, I, what I, what I'm proud of myself for is that I didn't allow, um, the fear of not having it all figured out, stop me from starting. Um, I certainly didn't have it all figured out and I, I changed a ton of things over time and I iterated And adapted and refined, and I will continue to do so. So the way it is today probably won't be the way it is in, you know, a year or two years from now. Um, But the reality is I've gone through that refinement process. uh, And if I would have, if I would have been so fearful about failure that I didn't even start, I would never have been able to start that refinement process. Uh, So I often, you know, refer to this, whether it's the podcast or whether it's, you know, a variety of different things that I do, you know, I'm often flying the plane while I'm building it. I I don't know exactly what I'm doing. I don't know exactly even where I'm going with it. I just know that it's something I feel called to do or I have a creative idea to do and I want to try to do it. Um, Now, how often does that happen within organizations? How often does that happen within teams and how often do team members feel empowered to, to lean into that discomfort and to lean into the creative process. Uh, some teams are really great at this. Some leaders are really great at creating that context and that environment of safety where people can try things, but other teams are really bad at it. And and it's been my experience that most employees at most organizations have that fear and and they're cautious. And so if they're going to stick their neck out on the line, you know, even even that that framing of saying I need to stick my neck out to try to do something new and creative that demonstrates in my mind what is really a non creative and almost toxic culture. Like we need to have a, an environment where people can really feel like they can try different things, and it's not failure if it doesn't work the first time. It's just learning. It's development. It's growth. It's refinement. Uh, and, and as we do that, we lean into the creativity. We lean into that power of of the artistic. Uh, and that's where all innovation comes from. No organization is going to innovate in terms of new products or services, new customer interfaces. Nothing like that is going to happen unless we create an environment where people can lean into that creativity.
1: Wonderful. Wonderfully said. And by the way, you have a wonderful voice for podcasting. Uh, <laughs> Thank because you. you're probably singing, you know. Uh, and you're 100% right. The be in the moment is absolutely this. The, the world is changing so fast. If you're not learning to handle what is hand, so to to take care of yourself, that you know what is thrown at you, that you can handle it. So you're not becoming the product. It's I say, get away from the product. Get from, get, say what is thrown at us. Okay, we need to save money on this or we have extra money to, to spend on this. Where are we going to ask the team? What should we do? If we a restaurant, what should we do? Now we have all of a sudden we get a, 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 a you know a grant or a credit for a hundred grand. What are we putting that money the best to? Are we splitting it up in the team, just giving everybody a big bonus, or are we what are we doing and and allow it to be flexible? It could be half the money is gonna go uh, for bonuses, half of the money we gotta do something, you know, and let the team decide. Let the you know because. The closer you are with other humans, the, if you have the human connection, every system problem will solve itself. So when 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 I when I talk to people that have system problems, I say, "What is the human aspect of your system?" And as soon as they say, "Okay, this is why," I actually, ten years ago I started the company. I wanted to help out with gardeners, you know. And then they, they and they get realigned with their vision with initially of them. Because what is a business? A business is an expansion of you. Like your podcast is an expansion of you. My talking is an expansion of me. You know, and you do that and you feel fulfilled. And you, if you put yourself in a mind construct of, but system says I need to be this best. I need to be this or that. Nobody wants the same. Everybody is bored. People don't, you know, don't even watch Netflix anymore. You know, Uh, they go back when all these, the streaming goes back, not because COVID is over. It went down during COVID because people learned it's more fulfilling to be with other humans. You know, so I, I love what you said. You said absolutely perfect, much better than I could. Uh
0: Well, and you're re- reiterating over and over the importance of the human connection. And I think yeah. that is so important. We're all a part of organizational systems. If you're, yeah. uh, unless you're a solopreneur, you know, if you're an entrepreneur kind of running your own shop, yeah. doing your own thing, you know, you can do whatever you want. But outside of that, we all find ourselves in workplace systems Mm -hmm. uh, with various policies, practices, procedures, cultures, norms, values, you know, all these things that dictate how we're supposed to behave, how we're supposed to, you know, interact with each other, um, and all those sorts of things. And, you know, the larger the organization, you know, you you need some sort of processes in place to make sure that things can
1: can be consistent. You
0: need need some structure. Yeah. You need some scaffolding so that things don't go off the rails, but, You also have to remember, like, so often organizations become um, imprisoned to their own policies. Uh, And so if, if the policy isn't serving the organization or the people within the organization, it needs to be revisited. Uh, and and it's 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 much more common for organizations to add new policies than it is for them to take away old policies that are obsolete and don't really apply anymore or to to uh, to change out uh, or adjust old policies that are obsolete or or may may even be hurting people and so that's just the nature of organizations and the way they're built and the way they function um so we have to be able to recognize that at the heart of any organization is the people uh, regardless of the systems in place the policies the practices and procedures there are people who are the ones that make the organization what it is they're the ones that are providing the products and services they're the ones that are uh, hopefully having creative um, opportunities for innovation to to drive things forward and to compete to to uh, to allow for a competitive advantage and so the organization can add value to the market and if that isn't happening, um, and and policies or procedures are, are inhi- inhibiting that, uh, unduly so, uh, then you need to think about pruning back, prune back those systems, you need enough scaffolding, so that you don't go off the rails, so you can protect people, so you can ensure things like inclusion, those sorts of things. Uh, but you also need to make sure you're you're creating an environment of creativity and innovation. Uh, and sometimes there's some tension there between those two.
1: You should be my spokeswriter. You should be my my spokesman. (laughs) No, because I have nothing. What I'm saying, basically, I say always, there's one awareness humanity needs right now. We are in a consciousness crisis. And that is, understand, and I think that's why we're so lost. We are part of nature. We are one species of nature. We haven't created us, nor have we created uh, nature. But we get born in a hospital, system. We get baptized, another system. We get uh, to school, another system. We get the job, another system. We get married, it's another system. So we are so over generations, system conditioned, that we don't know where we belong. So we, you know, there's these people that are like, you know, I'm not worried that we have, that we robots are taking us over. Well, I'm worried that humans turn into robots. That's way more, uh, and then... For example, people putting now the, all their intention and hope into AI, you know, uh, it's it's insanity, you know, because we are limitless. That's why we have 8 billion people with different di- fingerprints and DNA. No e- A- A- AI can make systems better. And I think it's also the, the need, what you expressed so well, the system became so heavy that that it's like it doesn't it defeats the person it's like i always say this example because it's the easiest you and i tend to a garden right and we don't even sometimes we see each other sometimes we don't but it doesn't matter it's just fulfilling to be in the garden and use the garden right all of a sudden our families wants to come and all of a sudden everybody has 150 people and they all want to tend to a garden now the system is taken over and sooner or later it was harder to make Uh, pay uh, maintenance, uh, get people, uh, make parking spots, do this. And it becomes so heavy uh, that the joy of being in the garden, you know, uh, without any rules or regulations, just obviously we'll talk, we're not going to light that garden on fire, but basically we enjoy being outside and being in the garden. And that is gone when you have to do scheduling and you can do it only a certain time and at night or day. It's going to be just and to, and this is what we we hit the wall right now. The world, I think, is because I'm not against systems. I'm I'm for systems refining while they were created. I mean, the justice system, for example. You know, it, it's it, the rules are guidelines. They're not absolutes, and you can't put. Come back to eight billion people into into the static rules. It doesn't work. And this is why people are stressed because they're not stressed because they get a baby. They're stressed of all the baby, having a baby in a society system entails to have it. And I think it's $300,000 to be till it, it, you know, it's costing yeah. more and more. And people are afraid. They're just afraid of everything because everything has to be systemized, you know, and, and, and I think we need to compartmentalize when I did this, I was, by the way, the worst case scenario because I have no education. I had to always prove to the systems that I'm worthy. And I got success, but, but you know, I was a wreck till I was 50. And when I got that, when I wrote my book about art and separated art, the product from the process, because the process saved my life, Right. But but the products didn't. I wasn't a famous artist, you know, that everybody knows. And there's only 1% of famous artists that everybody knows. And when I realized the two, one is the past and one is the product, don't focus on the product. That's why, you know, uh, people say in, in, in white collar uh, jobs, they say, oh, I'm not an artist because they look at the product. They're not looking even at that company as a piece of art, you know? So...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well, Michael, I note the time I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute, but uh, before we wrap things up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience, how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Okay. So uh, it's very easy. I have one hub where you can reach me. It's michaelm.com. Michael with two L's, michaelm.com. And that's it. That's how you connect to me. Uh, And the last word I would say is awareness trumps all. And awareness is experiential uh, knowledge. It's not, you know, when I say this, uh, you can read all books about love in every library in the whole world, in every language. If you haven't felt like what love is, it doesn't make any sense to you. So awareness trumps everything. And humans trump everything with that because you get awareness from interacting with humans. I mean, this was just an example. Your are my conversation. How much we dialogue is, you know, a superpower, healthy dialogue. not I'm right. You are wrong. That's systemic dialogue. Uh, but to share, to share, to communicate, to, to build our human potential.
0: Yeah, love it. Thank you, Michael. It's been a real pleasure. pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected with Michael, check out his work. I encourage everyone to think about how you can create safe places to foster creativity, where you can uh, empower your teams and empower your people to do really cool things, uh, you know, in line with what we've been talking about today. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.